Brandon started a new show and it's been bothering me, but I didn't want to ruin the recording of our show by bringing up the one topic we had just settled on. You and your podcast are ruining my life. What? I thought we were good on this. We're not good on this. I can handle you taking forever to do the research. That's just dealing with multiple responsibilities. But now you're starting a whole new show without me. You encouraged me to do this. Why aren't you mad at yourself? Because I'm going through a lot right now. I needed something to believe in and you took advantage of that. You like those internet swindlers who tricked me into paying 300 bucks for a jar of dirt from Dodger Stadium. You cannot compare my new podcast to a Ziploc bag full of Turkish armpit hair. The podcast will be a beautiful and magnificent hotel. Okay, you know what? We're settling this once and for all. Well, here we are. I had a whole bunch of research done on a super cool topic, but uh, how can I compete with such a magnificent hotel? Welcome to your studio. So here's the deal. If you can last until sunrise in your studio doing nonstop work, I'll join your side. You're on. This place is fantastic. The baby even left one of his chocolates on my chair. That's not a chocolate. Uh, Well, I'm here for the night. Care to join me for some fun? I think I'd rather not. Gas is passing through me. Can you get gas from working in your workstation? Okay, what is it? Don't give me it's gonna be beautiful. Don't give me it's gonna be magnificent. What is it about this show that makes you so passionate about it? Uh, well, when I was a little boy, I just wanted to play games and talk to people. Why haven't you told me that? I've never told anyone that. It makes it sound impossible for me to be objective, but the truth is, I I love growing up like that. We just moved to Clifton. We were completely broke. We first played that Super Nintendo with our cousin Matt Montoya. I felt drawn to a different place, and I believe that. I know. Games aren't what they used to be. But these games are a part of who I am. And that's why I want so badly for you to like it too. And kids, you never forget that moment when you tell your brother. Brandon, that's fucking stupid. Brennan. So you guys, just so you know, when we were recording that opener, Brandon kept requesting for me to give him five to six inches, which was weird. Kind of weird. He Justin also admitted that he pooped his pants in front of his family and it was super embarrassing. No, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat that he pooped his, his pants in front of his family. It happens. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. No, we were trying to find the, the right 
zone for uh, the doing the opener because I'm doing like narration. I don't know. Hopefully that came across as narration. I, I think then, I like to think it did. And then the normal scene. So he was kept telling me, he's like, you got to give me five to six inches, tell me like away from the mic and then up on the mic for the narration, five to six inches back for the. Yeah. So he kept asking for five to six yeah, inches. Yeah. And then the, the pooper pants <laughs> thing was. Uh, for the test that was just did. to test the <laughs> distance. <laughs> Which I don't know why Brandon was doing the test for his mic whenever he didn't. He didn't just so that to. way you can hear it while I'm speaking. And that was it. It was just for reference. You pooped your pants in front of your family. is super embarrassing. I said Justin pooped his pants in front of his family. It's super embarrassing. <laughs> I pooped my pants in front of my family. It's super embarrassing. I did like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the the first three times you said you pooped your pants I don't twice. Mm -hmm. I plead the fifth. Mm -hmm. um, Brandon's going to be back in the studio. It is. It is. It is. It's only what, been a week. Usually don't have this quick of a turnaround. No. It's been two weeks. Oh, yeah, because we had to record early. <laughs> Because I was, I was gone for seven days. Yeah, you were gone. I'm so far behind on, on content uh, I creation. Try not, I try not to think about that because yeah. it's such a dark time. I, I had some promises of, of YouTube <laughs> episodes being put up, but then I didn't finish in time because I put way more time into the YouTube episodes than my, my skill requires at this moment. But it, my, it makes my skill better. Yeah. But then I don't get episodes out. But did it, you get the RedTube videos put up? The RedTube videos stay on schedule. Okay, good. They good, have to. Good. You get regular pumping those out, huh? They have to. They have to be pumped you pump out. Those, you pump those out regularly, don't those you? They have to be pumped out. Yeah. yeah. Right? It really relieves the, the stress of your computer's memory. Yeah. Well, me and Sancho, we got to get those things. <laughs> Worked. It's Sancho Cooper. Maybe. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so, YouTube, we'll, we'll get back into it. I was on vacation. I went with my family to Disneyland and to California Adventure, Universal, Lame. all that good stuff. No, it was a lot of fun. Tired. But then the most tiring part about it was uh, we decided to, because the last day, Sunday, we were only going to go for like a couple hours in the morning, get Scarlet's lightsaber made, and then book it. No Next thing I know, we're, we're in line for like Splash Mountain and Indiana Jones and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Pan, and we're driving back home late, decided to stay in Phoenix. I took Monday off work, and then we drove in Monday afternoon. My wife had a dentist appointment, uh, so we had to hurry back for that. Then I got home late, and then straight into work days. So uh, not a lot of content being done in that time yeah. frame. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've been... Um, Plugging away at setting up for my show. I, I'm I'm ready to go live um, in the most technical of terms. Like I can do a live stream right now, um, and I can probably make a create created video or um, record a, like an actual show. But um, I'm waiting on a few more components, like an arm for my mic, so that way I'm not holding it the entire time. Mm. For some games like Diablo, it's fine. I, I literally have all my hockey set up to my mouse, so yeah, um, it's not a big deal. But uh, for any other game that I want to play, it's going to be highly difficult. So um, I'm just waiting on my arm. It's supposed to come in today, but I don't know if it's going to come in today or Monday. Um, but by then, I should be able to start recording and editing, and I will. I might even have it out before the twentieth. I will let you guys know here. I haven't said anything on my socials yet, just because I'm not sure. But I might have something out sooner than the twentieth. Um, yeah. I might start live streaming sooner, far sooner than the twentieth. I might be doing it by the end of this month. Yeah, awesome. Um, you uh, and you guys go check out Baby Squatch Games uh, on Twitch. Uh, that's our boy Jesse. Yeah, I'm going to be long doing shows. Friend. Yeah, long, long time. known close, my, close whole yeah. <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, my whole life. He was best yeah. friends with Justin whenever they were kids. Mm -hmm. 
great family man also works in the mine he, yeah, he does a great job his shows are fun he does it clean he's like not like us where we're filthy animals uh more like justin and his solo podcast where he's clean doesn't really curse too much every once in a while well, we'll drop a pod hacks is as with yoni stepping into the fold has added some cursing yeah but still very few yeah uh, for the longest well, that's, time that's it it's because he plays a lot of horror games so you're like oh shit oh my god what the heck was that like you get stuff like that you know yeah it's hilarious watching him scream like a girl is my, is my favorite um <laughs> uh, like his show is actually a lot of fun so go check him yeah. out baby squatch games um we're gonna, gaming. To, we're gonna yeah. try to get him on here for sure like we we tried to in the past but like me and brandon have different schedules like we live in a mining community where scheduling can be tough for three different people on three different schedules to yeah. get in <laughs> yes and so that's why we get in line typically by ourselves so yeah uh, we do have every once in a while we'll have a guest in you know like whenever andrew came and visited or we'll yeah. get him in here nick was uh just about to get on with uh where he's working now but uh he's yeah. so you were able to get him in here for that show we're gonna get bry the guy on again eventually hopefully we're, we're, we haven't really scheduled too many guests right now because we want to get a third mic with that's set up like ours is so that it's not because we notice the sound difference with Andrew and Nick and everything too. So we're looking to invest in another pod mic mm-hmm. uh, for so so the Rhodes mics they're they're really good but they're expensive so yeah. we're looking to buy another one of those with another arm and it's gonna it but we, I mean we I think we have the funds for it I think we can go ahead and pull that trigger. We're, we're pretty close, we're, but we're working out a few other things because there's other yeah. stuff we need to buy. Yeah, it's it's we've been slowly adding other things in because the, the another mic for a guest isn't top of our priority no. just yet, and it's not just a mic either. It's headphones, an arm, arm and, and, that, and yeah. another chair, and um, it's, yeah. it's 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 stuff. So yeah, we're working out some some details for a lot of other things, and like we talked about in the last episode. We, I know for the last episode, we didn't really promote it very well. We were very bad on our socials for the last episode. Yeah, well, we that's, really didn't that's, that's like, me, guys. Sorry. We didn't like that episode as much. I mean, it's me and Brandon, so you know that we put on a show. But for me and Brandon's sake, we don't feel like it's one of our better episodes. Yeah, it's kind so. of ashamed of it. Um, no, it's, no, it's no, like, no, it's like, we're not ashamed of it. It's just like, it's like just listen it's to like it. It's like a bad Marvel movie where it's like, it's not really bad. It's just not as good not as the other ones. par of the other ones. Yeah. But it's still good. It's still but, worth uh, listening guys, to. Guys, don't worry. I had the time to do the research. Um, I, and so looking into it and then justin did some research himself far less than me and a little yeah. more sporadic but you guys heard his yeah. schedule i'll just shit on him more but it's kind of hard to <laughs> especially after you did that preamble um <laughs> yeah so you jumped down in front of him suck it i know you i'm like i'm like uh you're supposed, on eight me, mile. you're supposed to let me shit on you first <laughs> and then you inform everybody what's going on and why i just am eight miled you just eight miled you in front of everybody god damn it <laughs> his real name is francis no um <laughs> So freaking Anthony Mackie. That's yeah. <laughs> the best part. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, and it's great to be back here. And I, you know, a lot of new exciting things coming to you guys. Um, I, I have a logo, I think, made for Brandon Bro 94, which I should be releasing here soon. Just so you guys see it. Pretty simple, plain stuff. Um, and uh, I, yeah, no, I'm, re- I'm really excited. And, and I got my shit built and I got, it's really yeah. nice. If you guys want to see, you can go to my TikTok. Um, you can actually see my setup. Um, and it's Brandon Bro 94 on my TikTok. Same with my Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, everything. My YouTube page, all Brandon Bro 94. Yep. B R A N D E N B R O 94. Yeah, we'll be posting about him too, also on uh, our, our Just a Race media pages and our How, how Do We Pod pages. Yes. Uh, I mean, the 
between yeah, we, we got a lot of things going on here. We're very excited about. Yep. Yeah, I'm very excited yep. to see Brandon's new show. We popped up. Yep. Um, hopefully that leads into because hopefully we're hoping. My hope still, and I'm sure Brandon's on board with me. By January, we start to get a little bit of merch pumped out for for each show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot at first, but as we we put up merch and people start buying it, then that can lead into more and more. And um, uh, we have another secret that we're not going to reveal to you for another year, but just know that there's there might be something else coming after a year or so. Yeah, yeah, we have plenty of plans. We con- we got content planning. We, we have, say it's it's a it's a it's a whole different thing. Yes, it's all I'll say about it. We we love. Hopefully, it comes through that we love doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. and we're not stopping anytime soon. It's going to get more and more and, and, and continue to build. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a minute. Um, I just want to say how important this show has been to my life, and it's it's really changed me. Um, I was lost for a long time and uh, just didn't know what I was doing with my life. I started doing the the apprenticeship for that reason. You know, I got into the shop, started doing the apprenticeship for that reason. And and then Justin started to, you know, want to be on the show. And, you know, I was like really skeptical, but I knew if I said no, I'd regret it forever. And so I did it and I could not be more proud of myself. Yeah. And um, and I just want to thank you guys, the, the the few that do listen to the show and, and just make it worth it, you know. Just want to say thank you. Yeah, and the interaction we get, too, from people that listen, it, it, it does. I mean, this show's awesome. It, it, it's If we have regrets in our life creating the show, not near, not one of them. I was kind of hoping after <laughs> I said that heart-filled, really passionate, like really from a heart message, you would you would just say, Brandon, this fuck is stupid. Brandon, yeah. fuck is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it, but it never it never came. Yeah, sorry. Um, dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, Brandon's fucking Solomon Grande. Really dropped the ball. Really dropped the ball on that one. Brandon's a plancha. Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit better. See, um, perk you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, wait. Yeah. So, so let's, let's let's talk about something for real, like real life mm-hmm. seriousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, season finale, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch, Nate. That son of a bitch, Nate. He was such a freaking mm-hmm. see you next Tuesday. Then they, they throw the like all Keely and, and Roy are fine, and then they're like, eh, maybe not not so much. I, I think what they're trying to do is like they have real relationship conflicts, not like bullshit. They're trying to create conflicts. Mm-hmm. Which um, uh, I mean, Bill Lawrence has been pretty good about that in yes, his past. Yes, he has historically so. been good at that. Um mm-hmm. I love so. him on Twitter too. It's like randomness, but it's Always, it's Bill Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, yeah, no, it's it was really good. I, I really liked um, really a lot of aspects of that episode. Uh, Nate, Nate just flying off the handle like that. I mean, I, I think there's a dynamic that's going to persist into the next season, which I'm guessing he's going to go to another club. You, you didn't see that? He left. No, he tore the sign and threw it on his you desk. You didn't see the, you didn't watch the ending part then? What ending part? Where he's actually on another club, like coaching. Oh, I didn't see. No, I didn't see that part. What? I didn't see that part. Honestly, I don't remember it. Yeah, it's at the end where they show Keely. Remember him and Keely are gonna go on a trip, and then, um, but they don't. And then it's like a few months later, this, and then a few months later that. Yeah, Nate is coaching the team that. Uh, what's his face owns? What's his face owns? Yeah, the yeah. the douchebag. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he has to, and then he's gonna give him all the insight or everything, and just. Yeah, he coached him, which is not, a, that's the, one of the kind of the beauties of a Ted Lasso coaching. It's not a whole lot of insight. It's you can't replace a Ted Lasso. No. Ted Lasso is one of a kind. Yeah, it's not because his strategy or because he has a magical playbook like on Waterboy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's his personality. Yeah, he, now he, he has it. Um, I'm going to say my favorite character in the show. And, and he was like, not really, but I really enjoyed the character. But after the season finale, my favorite 
character in the show, Trent Krim, independent. Yeah, I like I like Trent Krim a lot. I'm I, curious to see if he what he does moving forward in the show if he's not a part of it anymore. I don't or, know if he's gonna be part of it, but I loved, I loved that him leaving was true to his character. Yeah, he was. Because he, he, he was, was just a hard ass he reporter. Was hard. He was a professional. He was reporter very, and that, that was the took whole his thing. Job serious. Exactly. Yeah. And and he called bullshit when he saw it, even whenever he was the one spewing the bullshit. Yep. Even in that article he wrote about Ted mm-hmm. in, in the first season, mm-hmm. uh, it does set up though for season I three, which people were kind of skeptical about. Be uh, be rooting for him. That's what he ends his first article that he ever writes yeah. about Ted. Yeah. He's like he has no place here. Yeah. But I mean, he's such a genuine guy that why not? Yeah. Why not pull for this guy? What, what do we have to lose? Yeah, I mean, exactly. This is if, the, this, fails, if you're going to pull on yeah. any underdog, this is the underdog to pull. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's supposed to fail. So yeah. what happens if he doesn't? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that fun to root for? Yeah. Right. And if he fails, it's just like, okay, well, he was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, there's literally a, a no lose situation. Yeah. Um, and I love, I, yeah, I just love that. And then I love the, uh, you know what you are? Trent Kim independent. My dad made that same joke. Sounds like a great guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, then, and I, then him is just so great. He, he does. And then his argument with, uh, Dr. Sharon, right. Um, mm-hmm. she does. She amazing. Does He's like, I, I, I wrote everything is in the letter. I know everything's in the letter. Like yelling at her. It's a freaking amazing scene. I loved it. it you want to have a beer? She's like, well, she tells him I'm not great at goodbye. And then freaking hits her back with the, yeah. with a note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, son of a bitch stole my move. Fucking call back to Google hunting, <laughs> um, which is another fantastic film. If you I haven't love, seen it, I go watch Google that hunting. movie. Robin yeah. Williams. Uh, It'll amazing. hit you right in the fields. Just yeah, freaking Matt Damon, yep. Ben Affleck. That, that scene when um, Robin Williams is talking about his, his wife to him in the, the game. He's yeah. like, you were at game six. He's yeah. like, yeah, and he's waving his arms, and he's way, and it, it goes fair, and the whole place is losing their mind. He's like, you must have been losing. He's like, no, I didn't go. Yeah, <laughs> and what? Then, and then he just gets like, oh man, that scene. Yeah, if it that scene doesn't hit and you, then and then, I then don't the know. scene, phenomenal actor, and then so the scene man. later, uh, like their last real argument, um, whenever he he breaks down his wife. Oh no, that's the first argument they've ever had when he breaks down his wife's painting. And he like he he assess oh, yeah, 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 he yeah. assess him and then and then Robin lays Just into lays him. In him yep. He's like, "You fuck you, you son of a, arrogant yeah, son of you a bitch, arrogant little prick." Yeah, you arrogant <laughs> little prick. Yeah, he lays into him like, "God damn, <laughs> Robin Williams." If you want to like, I know you know him, but most people know him as the funny man, and he has uh, some very serious movies. That might be his best acting, like to show you just how phenomenal of an actor he was. Uh, and he was a what a Juilliard trained actor. Like this guy, Robin Williams was phenomenal. He was he was just phenomenal. Um, so if you want to go check out uh, all those, Ted Lasso, again, Apple TV, Robin Williams, and anything is great. Yeah. Brandon, moving on from that, Marvel Minute. Marvel Minute. I'm wearing my Watu shirt, so we have to yeah. at least address it. I haven't seen Venom yet. Do you, have you seen any spoilers that happens? I've been avoiding them. Okay, then I'll... No, you can go. No, 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 no. I won't. I won't. I can wait, because the repercussions of that aren't happening anytime soon. Okay. So you have a little bit of time, but not much. Eternals is coming out November fifth. Salma Hayek. You oof. I think I'm convinced that lady can be eighty and still look bangable. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna go out and say it. Just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, if she's, you don't. Yeah. If you don't realize how hot this lady is, go watch. Oh, is she in Zorro with uh, uh, 
No, that's Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, it's Catherine Zeta Jones. But she is Frida. She is in Fools Rush. You get to see her boobies She's in, in Frida. She's in the Eternals. But also in Frida, you get to see her boobs. Oh, she, oh cool. Yeah, full full boobies. Cool. cool. She cool. helps cool. a lot, dude. Frida cool. was a horny girl. Cool, 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 cool. Good for her. Yeah. You're like, so what movie is this again? Frida? Frida? Yep. No, show up. Show up. Yeah, Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, she's. She's some hike. She's she's a legend for a reason. Yeah, uh, but she's gonna be in the Eternals, and I'm excited for that movie. Yeah, I'm excited for the movie for. Yeah, she's supposed to be the boss of the Eternals, the Cap- El Capitan. Well, there's so many questions for the show. Like, there's I mean, there's so many questions for like what Marvel's doing because just, they've 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 caused so much confusion with uh, what if is it really connected? Is it not connected? Loki, what's the timeline doing? What the hell is happening with Doctor Strange and the, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailers? And did you see the the Multiverse of Madness trailer? No, that, the one I posted was a fake. Yeah, I, could, I was gonna say the one you posted was a fake. I yeah. saw like I was I was like I was hoping yeah. to to fool some people. Yeah. <laughs> to Jordy, especially. Well, I I watched. I was like, okay, that was pulled from this. This was pulled from that. Uh, this was pulled from this. this anyone that pays that. attention as much as we do, yeah, is like. Uh, I, I thought I thought you really believed it. I was gonna just, no 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 no. I was just gonna totally ride that ride that wave. <laughs> <sighs> no, but it is weird that they don't have one out yet. Like they're definitely trying to hold something back. Yeah, so I'm curious if they release after Eternals. Well, it's just or like the the, Mar- the No Way Home second trailer because it's just a teaser. This next one's supposed to be the actual official trailer. Yeah, and they and they, 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 and they they postponed it, so it's supposed to come out between the 23rd of this month and the 17th of next month. See, but the craziness is to, on top of it. If you look, so the movies themselves, they're definitely trying to hold things and, and mess with you and try to like throw some things your way. And well, they shifted the whole schedule, but. Yeah, this guy was going to bring that up next. There is some issues going on with as far as scheduling. They're moving things back. The movie might come out later now. Same with Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. They actually oh, it is coming out later. Uh, no, they're all coming back late. They're all, um, mo- they're do, all moved do you know a why? month to, to six months back. Do you know why? No, I don't know what's going on. So uh, last year, when the world shut down, a lot of people were let go, given a lot of free time. And we're given time to dive into the companies they work for and start to ask the questions as to why do we put up with what we put up with? Why do we get paid so little when the company's making so much? People up top are making so much. It's and a real issue. And there is some reasoning for it, but the disparity in it, there's no reason for the disparity in it. Uh, my wife is actually, she's doing a class right now and she looked up Toronto. Toronto, the disparity in Toronto is ridiculous economic disparity. That's a real issue that city of Toronto is trying to address. Americans are now trying to make these corporations address those issues because they are serious issues. Yeah. How this come you're happening? taking you're taking millions and millions of dollars home and the guy on bottom is barely scraping by? Is yeah. Yeah. He should be able to just live. Like I understand he shouldn't he's he's a he's a bottom of the rung job, yep. work his way up. But you should be able to make it so that way he can live through that. Yeah. Make a means. He doesn't need to work four or five jobs, or he has to rely on other people. And I, and I don't. And we can government. get into we can get to the politics. I don't think I don't think government should be forcing people to do the right thing. I think the people need to start putting pressure on on the companies to do the right thing. Uh, but we won't get into that's a whole other discussion. Um, what's happening here is the stagehands that are working for Disney on a whole are in the middle of a labor negotiation because they are not happy with. How they've been treated. Grips don't get paid a lot, and, and it's they not just do a grips, fuck yeah. ton of work. And the it's, lighting, it's a yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, and they don't get paid, especially to live in California. They don't get paid dick. 
Yeah. And and Disney has had a reputation of this lately. And they're and they're in the middle of a negotiation with them and that's and, and you can and they imagine may go on strike soon, which would cause a bigger delay. And you can imagine as long as it's written in the deal before they sign it, a lot of actors would be okay with not making more so that way the the crew can make more. If there's transparency there's a lot of into actor, why, yeah, that's the problem. And and actors, they um there's, I mean, Ryan Reynolds has been known to do it. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, Keanu Reeves has been known to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there uh, are some prima donnas, but most of Brandon them Brandon Lee was known to do it yeah. on the set of Crow where they give money back to the crew so that way they can afford to make it, um, and, and to make it better for the crew. I think even Robin Williams did it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he used to go sit and eat with the, the crew members all the time, too. all yeah. the time. But I'm saying it actually gives some of their check to the crew. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, uh, it, it's an awesome thing to see. I think Joe Rogan, his little bit on um, the zookeeper with Kevin James. Yeah, his he's plays the antagonist. I don't even think he he pocketed that money. I think he donated it. He's like, I don't even. I just did that because Kevin's my friend. Yeah, yeah. and there, there's a lot of actors that do. I know uh, we we talk about Zach Braff and, and Donald. They said that they would take care of their crew members as well because they were just a family. Yeah, they work together all the time. Uh, so the the Disney they're they're having issues now because people are saying like we. We're not asking you to pay us like Hollywood movie stars. We're just asking you to, to pay us, to pay us, so that we can uh, afford to make it every day. Where our car's not breaking that, down the freeway. That is we're trying to make it to Disney's work. biggest by long and far problem is yep. greed. Well, and the, on one top, and and on top of that, they're also going through a some somewhat strike. They're having a hard time bringing their cast members back because they're not true. They're they're going through a labor negotiation with them as well. And I think Scarlet standing against them that was a big helped. win. A lot for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big win. It was win. a big win. And that, but that's, that's Disney's by and far. They, they have a really good job of yeah. casting the right people or not cast, but putting the people right in the right positions. It's their people on very top handling the money. It's that's the, the new, it's some of the new people that they have. Like the person they just put in charge of Disneyland, people are not happy with what he's doing. And now we can dive into that further. Uh, but this, when we talk about Disneyland, maybe we'll do that more. Um, yeah, or we'll, I can talk about Disneyland for a lot. We'll we'll do we'll do we'll do a history of Disney um, episode before too long because we 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 do all love Disney and yeah. it's a huge part of our childhood and even our adulthood and our kids' childhood and they're mm-hmm. not going away. And me and my family, we we visit Disney once a year, so At minimum. Yeah, so we yeah. we really enjoy. Disney. I, I haven't been and, there, in and like we also reached two, three years. When did we go? It's like three years ago. Mm, two years ago, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that was the last time I went. I went with Justin, and Gabby, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we are planning on sometime next year. I, I think don't they're know. talking about spring. We were talking about spring, yes, but it's going to, I can't afford the rent that I would need to pay for me to afford going to Disney in the spring. Yeah, we, we will, we'll will work, we'll work it out at a date and everything. Like I know we're going to go and then, um, we, we almost thought about drinking, uh, next year. If you guys didn't want to go, just ask them to take the buns with yeah. this. It'd be something to would negotiate later. Yeah, it just, all of it is fun. It's so expensive. It, it can be, and and living off of it can be. Well, the, the girls' business starts starting taking off, and it's starting to grow. But we're, they're still in the in mm-hmm. the trying to make a profit phase. Spaces. Yeah. So, um, th- as long as they're still in there, I'm not making money from that. So the only income is coming in for my check, yeah. and I should be getting a pay raise. So it might that might make the difference. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was like seven eighty a month for three or four months, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll yeah. get into, <laughs> yeah. Especially after I just spent a lot of money on a computer build and equipment and yeah. this, that, and the other. But why you stay at Disney? You have to stay at a hotel. Yes. If you travel anywhere, 
you have to stay at a hotel. That's what mostly we're, that's you know. what it's all about. Yep. Unless you know somebody in that area and you can stay at their house, it's a lot cheaper and you can save a lot of money that way. That that would make the world difference. Like if I had a place to stay. You know, I, we can we can negotiate because I we found ways because we we go so much to make it not so expensive. I mean, it's still going to cost you. Yeah. Well, I mean, if save. you can cut out like four or five hundred dollars, I'd be oh easy peachy keen easy. That's 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 my really my what's holding me back is like four or five hundred dollar buffer. Mm-hmm. No, we will we'll, we'll negotiate it. We'll okay. talk about it. We'll talk, we'll talk, but we have to stay at a hotel. Are we There's talk hotels. About stuff too? Um, <laughs> are we talk about bus stuff too? Hotels are everywhere. They are have, we going to talk about dolphin sex? Dolphin sex, yes, for sure. You guys, go listen to Time Suck, bro. These just go to dolphin sex yeah. experiments. It's it's wild. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Let's get into talking about hotels. So. Welcome to the Hotel Arizona. Remember to donate to the show if you can. This particular episode of How Do We Get Your Podcast is brought to you by Cooper Enterprises. Swaying room as the music starts. Strangers making the most of the dark. Two by two, their bodies become one. I see you through the smoky air. Can't coop feel the weight of my stare. Coop so close, but still a world away. What I'm dying to say is that I'm crazy for Coop. Touch me once, Coop will know it's true. I never wanted anyone like this. It's all brand new. Coop will fill it in my kiss. I'm crazy for Coop. Crazy for Coop. Justin, it's time to talk about something that you're going to need in your life. And yeah, what is that? You ever gone outside and you wanted to sit down, maybe you're enjoying a picnic and it's a little too wet out, or maybe a little more dreary than you anticipated, and you like something dry and warm to, to, to cover you? Not a tarp, not an uncomfortable piece of mess, something comfortable and warm and dry. You want anything like that? Maybe a blanket? Uh, why in the hell would I throw a blanket down? Like, I might as well throw like a towel down? I don't know. But either way, it's going to get wet and dirty, and then it becomes a bigger mess than anything. Not Oceus's blankets. They're waterproof. Waterproof blankets? Waterproof. Are they comfortable? Very. Very comfortable. And they know. come with they come with three colors, and they even have pocket-sized blankets. Yes, a blanket that fits in your pocket when it's folded up. That comes with three different colors. For like the little doggo, like Oliver. The little doggo, your little one, or whatever you need. Even just one you just want to throw over your head real quick if it's raining. Mm. And guess what? What? I got a step further. No. Sherpa. Sherpa. Waterproof Sherpa. You I can said it. take a try and comfortable as hell in a Sherpa waterproof. And you'd be looking baller, son. I'm going to have to check this out. Yep. O-C-E-A-S, outdoors.com. Go check it out. Oceus. Thank you, Oceus. You know, we could honestly make a show of just us talking. 
We Easily. Because our answers like go. How long well, was that? 20 minutes? Like 25 minutes. Yeah. That's been yeah. about average now. We could, we can make a whole show about us talking. Maybe, maybe in the future we'll just. Well, that's what our YouTube show is going to be, right? Yeah. Essentially. So yeah, yeah we already are. We already yeah. going to do that. Once we get the cameras set up, which is, we're in the works on. Yeah. Which um, we just need one more ring and we have. Yeah. These. One more ring and one more sandwich. The, 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 cost the iPhone 13s are fine. They have the cameras great on mm-hmm. them. So, um, um, Brandon, we're going to start with the Radisson. Yeah. So we're going to start with Justin's. Uh, his is a shorter shits. Um, mm-hmm. do you have an FTSOB this week? I don't, I could probably throw one together, but I don't. You would have to throw it together while we read your timeline, which you're going to pioneer. Yeah. Um, so if you don't, that's fine. This two weeks in a row, it's no big deal. We'll have one for sure next week though. No, moving forward. I just, like I said, I'm on behind schedule. Oh, and things. remind me before we, I leave, we need to discuss the next episode. I have ideas. Yeah. Cause we're coming out next. We're three weeks in a row. This is going to be the first. Three I don't even row. know what that episode is going to be after that. We need to discuss that too. Yeah. We'll, um, make, we'll make it work. Any who's it. We'll make it happen. Captain. Let's talk about Radisson. All right. Addison. All right. Okay. Radisson named after the 17th century French explorer, Pierre Esprit Radisson. He found Esprit. <laughs> Okay, the, the founder of Radisson is. Okay, right? is that is that better? Is that sure. sexualer? No, not is, more is sexual. That, is that sexualer? <laughs> is that even a word? Is that sexualer? Uh, is that Pierre more sexy? Radisson. Radisson. Is Pierre Esprit Radisson? That's that's what it's named after. Fuck, I don't know why. This the lady that found it. Said founder Edna Dickerson uh, is from Chicago. <laughs> Was from Chicago and she moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So why? I mean, maybe she just loved to read and that was her. I don't. I I, I actually like uh, Edna. Um, I I it was Edna Motes. Mm-hmm. She's so interesting. So she collected a substantial inheritance when she moved back home to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dickerson, huh? In 1907, uh, local business leaders would persuade her into building a hotel. Apparently, there wasn't a whole lot of hotels in. Minneapolis at that time, so they encouraged her to build one. Uh, she put a small investment of $1.5 million at the time in 1907, which I imagine is substantially more now. I don't know if Brandon wants to look that up real quick. Uh, for the first Radisson Hotel to be built. I don't. It opened December 15th, 1909. Uh, Edna and her husband would live on the 13th floor and manage their hotel. They would only build Edna and her husband one other hotel, and that would be the Radisson Inn on Christmas Lake in Minneapolis, a suburb of Excelsior. Um, so Christmas Lake is actually it's near Lake Michigan, it's supposed oh, to be like a small lake. I thought it'd been near Lake uh, New Year's, Lake Thanksgiving, Lake Labor Day. It's actually really close to Lake Christmas Eve. I bet they're like right next to each other. <laughs> You know, I would go far as to say as one spills over into the other. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. 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 After the passing of Edna and her husband, the hotel would fall to a mortgage company and would bounce around between a few different companies. Um, Surprise, surprise. Edna built a a hotel in a bustling city that was just growing. First one to do so. So it became popular. So obviously she had no heirs. The bank would take it over and then just turn it into a conglomerate. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what happened. So, but Edna and her husband, she, they were content. They're like, "Well, you have the 13th floor of a nice hotel, and we're just gonna chill in here. We don't want to expand. Like, we're good. We're happy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's off. Is that what we're all sweet searching for? Is happiness and yeah. completeness and and satisfactoriness and mm-hmm. and nissiness? Yeah. And Radisson Hotel grew pretty quickly. It had 14 locations in 1976, and then it would have 32 in 1984. Obviously, a whole hell of a lot more now. Uh, 
to be transparent with you guys, all the above came from Wikipedia because there's not a lot of articles of history of Radisson. And, and I did not have time to dive through some of the few books that were there. The history is pretty boring. So there's not a whole lot of written about it. it yeah. Like in a awesome life, sweet life. She's very content with what she had. She, she inherited some money, but she wasn't lavish. It, but the story's just, it's kind of boring. I don't know, Brandon. Uh, hopefully your hotel chains have a little bit better story. than. Oh yeah. They're than. very much more in depth. Yeah, I was um, like, I was like, Radisson's got to be a pretty cool story. There's like Radisson, Radisson group and stuff, and then it just that yeah. actually there was like three or four other hotel groups that I they just completely didn't do because they were the stories were brief summaries that yeah. just weren't eventful. They kind of jumped around the way they were written, like jumped from timeline to timeline. I'm like, I'm not sorting through this for a shit ass story, anyways. Well, their stories are interesting. There's not enough information. Yeah. I mean, so to but, show you how, but Radisson's well known. Like you had to talk about Radisson. I am doing the the Marriott, and I am doing what uh, I IGH or IHG Intercontinental Hotel Group, which mm-hmm. owns Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna do the history of those two. Yeah. So this is to show you how boring Radisson's history are is. Like five times longer than the two hotels you're doing here. Yeah. Uh, from the history from Radisson Hotels Americas.com, this is their timeline they give us. Uh, 1960, the Royal Copenhagen by Arne Jacobson in Denmark, hailed as the first designer hotel. Uh, also, Carlson enters hotel business with 50% interest in Radisson Downtown Hotel in Minneapolis, the original one. 1986, Carlson Hotels and SAS International Hotels signs partnership to bring Radisson to Europe. 1987, Carlson Hotel launches Country Inn and Suites. 1994, fucking horrible year. Also, Radisson brand EMEA would be managed by SAS International Hotels, now Radisson Blue. Uh, 1999, Radisson Rewards introduced. The rest of the history is just kind of boring. 2020, Radisson Hotel Groups launched the Radisson Individual Brand. See, I'm sorry. This is not a great story to tell there. Like, we can twist it. Oh, that was that was it? Ni- yeah, 1994, <laughs> fucking horrible year. Yeah, no, you're, you're good. You're good. Yeah, 1994. 1994, yeah. Fucking no, horrible great year. year. Um, <laughs> Um, but that's it. I'm sorry. Like I, I was like, well, I'll find more. And I kept going through and going through like research. I was like, how can I go through this? Look up different ways to, to research Radisson. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of the history. It was, just a, a, it was just a quiet family. I mean, they had a lot of money, but they weren't really lavish or have a lot of adventures. She bought a hotel with her husband. She stayed on the 13th floor. They opened a little inn nearby in a suburb in Minneapolis and they just lived out their lives. Then it became a corporate freaking pain in the ass. Yeah. Kind of boring. Yep. Yep. Not adventure enough. That's, Not adventurous that's, enough that, for me. That was a, there was a lot of other hotels, groups that were like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, on to the Hilton. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. Hilton. Harris. Harris. Socialite. Entrepreneur. Singer. Actor. DJ. Model. Night vision dream girl. That's hot. And now, host of her very own cooking show, Paris motherfucking Hilton. You know her, you love her, you touch yourself to her. Now we're going to talk about how she got her new series, Cooking with Paris, on Netflix. Okay, I'm going to address so many things real quick. <laughs> um, yep, all of those top things are true. Um, n- not really, don't find her that attractive. Um, she's, I guess... That's hot. I guess some guys would. That's hot. I, I It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> um... <laughs> I did not know she had a show on Netflix. Is that real? I looked up Hilton. Uh, I just looked up Hilton, and that article popped up. What's the first thing? And that said most of those things. Obviously, the night vision dream girl and the you know her, you love her, you touch yourself to her is not on there. But the cooking show and the era socialite entrepreneur. Yeah. 
everything else. Okay, I didn't know the cooking with pears was a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I heard about it at one point. Really, don't don't care about yeah. it. Not my cup of tea. Not my, not my. But I was like, yeah, I'll just throw this if in there. If I was there, gonna see. watch a cooking show, I'm gonna watch uh, Something's Burning with Burt Kreischer, or I'm gonna watch uh, Snoop and Martha. That's that's my two options. Halloween Wars, or um, I don't it. really like those competition shows that much. I do. I like some of them more fun. Some more fun. I, I like. I'll watch them a Kate like. If you're watching it, I'll come and sit and watch an episode or two with you. But I'm not gonna like I don't mind watch the whole show. especially like the holiday ones. Uh, side note: the Rachel Ray, we were watching her show while we were uh, at the hotel because I don't have a whole lot of channels on. Just popped up. Her like arm all the way up to her wrist is dark, and then her hands are the whitest hands I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And they say that she got a spray tan up to her wrist, but she didn't want to because her hands. And I'm like, why wouldn't she just wear gloves then? It's it's weird. It's strange to look at. She's Italian, bro. Don't don't look too deep into it. It's it's just strange to look at. Like we're like, do you see her hands? Is she? Well, part of it, yeah. Well, I don't know if she wears gloves because part <laughs> of it is she doesn't want the spray tan getting in the food, which I get. No, I get that, but, but she also doesn't want to be pale white. Yeah, I, I see the conflict going on in her <laughs> mind, but girl, it looks bad on TV. Girl, just put some like just put some plastic gloves on. Put some like yeah. latex gloves on. <laughs> just put some gloves on. I Put some know. cooking gloves on, disposable cooking gloves, and then when you take them off, people are like, "Oh, does she have a layer underneath?" No, they're just your white ass hands. And then you put your gloves back on; they don't think about it anymore. They're whiter than my hands. That's rough. They're, yeah, and that's rough. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, we're not talking about Paris Hilton. Uh, we will be talking about Conrad Hilton. Conrad Hilton is Paris Hilton's grandfather, uh, and so that's why I did the Paris Hilton thing. She is an heiress of the Hilton. <laughs> family brandon is eating and drinking we did take a mini break there i don't know if you guys noticed we went to go pick up our kiddos and he went to go get some uh dogs shoved down his mouth uh hot dogs corn dogs well i mean they're hot dogs they're wrapped in corn mm-hmm. not really corn but like a corn batter is that what it is mm-hmm. is that what they call them corn dogs mm-hmm. and deep fried it's a corn-based batter yeah okay yeah anyways <sighs> i do feel better i was i was getting a little hungry there yeah. Um, Our kids are all over the place for making this this one happen. Um, and we went to go pick up the kiddos. I went to tell Brandon a story, but I didn't want to embarrass Scarlett too much. She was she went like this. She went, and I was like, "You gotta go potty, go potty." And she goes, "She goes, no, no, I don't gotta go." And I was like, "Go potty if you have to go." And then she goes, "Oh, she goes, I thought I had poop, but it's just a fart. I farted." I'm, I'm <laughs> this is maybe the greatest story ever told. So I, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, okay, kiddo, got you. Yeah, got, got, on, got on board, you. on board. I understand. <laughs> I've been there. I, I totally, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what I was trying to tell you, but I didn't want to embarrass her too much. Um, let's talk about Conrad Hilton. Uh, he is the founder of the Hilton franchise. Uh, he was born to Norwegian immigrants in San Antonio, New Mexico territory. Because uh, New Mexico didn't become a state till is it 1912, same year as Arizona? Uh, At least somewhere in that area. I don't know. Maybe slightly before. Uh, New Mexico Territory, he was born December 25th, 1887. He's the second of eight children, born Christmas Day. Uh, he worked for his father growing up, which was a... It was it's a convenience store that was kind of mixed with a 10-room uh, ho- hotel off the side of it. Uh, Conrad's dad... Gus Augustuf Hilton had a kind of int- had a pretty interesting life him, his himself. He so they came from 
not necessarily rich families. They ended up in this small place in a territory that wasn't even part of the United States in an area where they were like one of the few white people there. Uh, this area does have some mines around it. He does uh, buy a mine, I think, or a small mine of some sorts. So uh, you're saying that Hilton's story is infinitely more interesting than the Radisons? By far. By far. Uh, so in, in 1904, when, when Conrad was 17, his father Gus would sell the mine that he owned for $110,000, which would be $3 million in today's oh, nice. money. So a little bit of change. A little bit yeah. change for the family. A little, little, little pocket change. Yep. A uh, little bit uh, interesting for here for you. There were thir- there are currently 93 total mines in San Antonio, New Mexico. The one that Gus sold was a coal mine is now worth $850 million today. He left a lot of money on uh, the table, The Hilton he? family's wealth is about $350 mil. Yeah, left so, a lot of money on that table. And I'm just kidding. Just, I can relook really up the... The price of the coal mine. I doubt it's worth that much. <laughs> so I'm going to throw Brandon off there. Got him. Got <laughs> there, I did find a uh, site that said there are 93 total mines, and they look like little tiny, like, you know there's a mine out towards Duncan, like an underground mine? Nope. Yep. It's so little, I don't think it's worth a whole lot, but it's it exists. And I think that's kind of what that mine like was. like eight people working on it. Yeah, I think there was some coal there. An interesting tidbit, though, looking into this. Coal mines in the U.S. were worth about $52 billion on a whole in 2011. Uh, and from then, they started slowly decline in value. They're now worth $20 billion in total, so that's $32 billion less value of, of coal mines in the United States uh, now than there was 10 years ago. There was a small jump in that time frame, going from $24 billion to $29 billion from 17 to 18. But as a whole, the coal mining industry is like slowly deeping. We're not talking about coal mining, but I was like, ah, oh, looking up coal mines, and that popped up, so I thought it was yeah, interesting. A little interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the money they with the money they made from selling that that mine, they moved to Long Beach, California. Moving on up to the east side, west west coast mostly. Oh. But they moved out of New Mexico. <laughs> they knew, moved out of New Mexico to territory. Up deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> Fish don't fry the kitchen. Beans don't burn the grill. I think that's how it goes. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, they did move to Long Beach, California, though, out of New Mexico's territory in the small San Antonio, New Mexico. Uh, but in 1907, the country went through a recession, and Gus would lose most of his money. All his investors would pull out, mm. and he's without money. Uh, the family would slowly get themselves back together when they moved back home to San Antonio, New Mexico. So they left for three years, right back where they started, uh, which is tough. But Augustuf and... The Hilton family were pretty resilient. So after working with his family, uh, so they, they made their money back. They did buy that convenience store, that slash 10-room hotel in uh, San Antonio, New Mexico, the, where where uh, Conrad would go to work. After working with his family and becoming part of his father's store, uh, Connie decided to make it on his own. He became part owner. He decided, I want to do a little bit more than this. I want to try something else out. So he leaves. Um, when the New Mexico state legislature was formed in 1912 and they became a state 1912, Connie became the youngest member to serve. His political career didn't last long, however, because he didn't uh, really care much for the politics of it all. And he just decided he didn't want to do it. He wanted to try something new. He got elected and then decided he didn't want any more of it. Uh, but his time there forced him to learn and practice his public speaking skills, which would serve him well later in life. Uh, Conrad or Connie would then try to make it on his own into banking with uh, $2,900. Into what? Banking. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Now I understand. Uh, mm -hmm. With $2,900 of his own savings, a small investment from his father and the help of others, he was able to raise 
raised thirty thousand dollars to found the New Mexico State Bank of San Antonio, and we're getting some Wild West shit here. Uh, however, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When wasn't it good? Anyway. Not nearly. <laughs> <laughs> that was just embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> However, when the newly formed board of directors met, they decided to freeze Connie out and elect an older banker as president. So he comes up with the investment, puts a bunch of his money, his dad's money in, uh, gets his bank. Board of directors goes, thanks for the bank, bud. <laughs> they freeze him out. Uh, and then again, some serious old West shit. Uh, Connie would seize back control, storming in there, pleading to them. He would get them to give him back part of the bank. Uh, but he, whenever he went to take control of the bank, bank a run was made on the bank and the bank was broke. And many believe that that old man that they elected as president did the bank, did the rob the bank so that Connie couldn't take over. Uh, <laughs> uh, however, That's some petty ass shit. <laughs> Yeah. However, his dad Gus arranged for still not uh, as petty as sending somebody's trash from yep. they sent down river back to them. Yep, but still pretty fuck petty. Yeah. Uh, however, though, luckily his father Gus arranged for three thousand dollars in loans from an out of town bank, and Connie was able to be elected vice president. So after all that, he <laughs> after all that work that him and his dad did, he became vice president of his bank. <laughs> Oh man, times. This, I mean, there's a lot of shit that happens nowadays, but it's still a lot of things are better than what they were then. The shit uh, deal, yeah. Yeah. In 1916, Gus sold the store. Uh, Gus and Connie sold the bank, and in 1917, Connie enlisted into what would be World War One. Mm. Um, and, and one more thing, real quick. Whenever Conrad went to run for state legislature, his dad paid and funded help fund his opponent so that he wouldn't leave and would stay working for him <laughs> just petty nip move after petty move huh yeah uh, although i will give this for gus like that's the only thing that i've read that was like kind of bad about him other than that like he, all his kids whatever they needed whatever sport especially for conrad he was like right, i'll help you out i'll shell out whatever i need to shell out yeah so he he, he <clears throat> did a lot of for me again he went and got three thousand dollars in loans to keep his, his son's Bank, bank afloat. Yeah. Uh, and and 19, Connie was elected vice president. That still kills me. Yeah. <laughs> January, January 1919, 64-year-old Gus Hilton dies when his Model T skids on ice and rolls into a ditch. Uh, this happened just before Conrad would return home from the war, leaving Conrad uh, post-war life to kind of figure out life without the, the, the guy that really showed him the way and helped him and, and ushered him on. And that's it's kind this of This is the way. It's kind of a tough... Tough life to come home to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he would return home to San Antonio, New Mexico, but he found it hard to stay for obvious reasons. Uh, the banks weren't really doing well, and now there wasn't just one bank that he funded. There was a bunch of them. They're starting to pop up. Uh, his father's no longer there. He just He's seen a world now, and San Antonio is very small in it, and yeah. he wants to move on from there. So he would move to Albuquerque with the idea of buying another bank, but people kept telling him, like, there's... There's a bunch of banks. You can buy one from somebody that's going to be expensive. And I don't know how much money you have to your name right now. Don't think it's that much. So uh, they encouraged him not to. Uh, he went to go visit an old friend on his deathbed. And uh, he helped change Connie's mind about staying there in Albuquerque or trying to buy a bank. And he would take the first train to Texas. Tejas. 
out of there from, from New Mexico. Uh, still, he was not giving up hopes of buying a bank. Connie would make a few different stops, uh, eventually ending up in Cisco, Texas, where he found a bank was for sale for $7,500. He had $5,000 to his name, but he felt pretty confident that he would be able to come up with the rest of the money. Uh, whenever he went to go negotiate with that bank, tell him that he has this now, he can put this down payment, come up with the money. Uh, they raised the price on him, pissed Connie off. Uh, he didn't know where to go. He had to go stay the night somewhere. He ended up staying the night the only option in town, which is a rundown ta- uh, hotel called the Mobley Hotel. And the Mobley Hotel, when he went into it, was packed. It was like the only hotel in town. It was the only game in town. It was super, super packed. It's hard to find room and everything. And he, he wouldn't ask the owner, the guy working at the front desk, he said, are you the owner of this place? And the owner basically told him, yeah, this place has been holding me down. Like nowhere for me to go. I really want to just go work in the oil fields. A lot of money out in the oil fields. Really don't care much for this hotel business type thing. There's no money in it. <laughs> and Connor's like, I think there is money in this. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of money. I'll buy this place for me, buddy. What can we do to negotiate a deal to buy? I got $5,000. He came up with the investment. I think it ended up being $30,000 for him to buy the Mobley Hotel. And that would become the first of the Hilton Hotels. And now I have this Hilton Hotel timeline. 1919. Again, Hilton went into the hotel business by purchasing the first hotel on his way to buy a bank uh, in called the Mobley Hotel in Cisco, Texas. 1925, Connor and Hilton built the first hotel to carry the Hilton name, Hilton Dallas in Texas. The settling came summer came uh, can be brutal in Texas, especially prior to air conditions, and so the elevators, laundry chutes, and other non-customer facilities are built along the west side of the building, so no guest room faced the western sun, which I'm sure people really, really enjoyed. And that Yeah, that's actually a smart move. Bring, bring people to his I mean, you're putting your workers in the sun, but hey... Keep the customers happy. The customers keep coming. Yeah, and then, and then you, you get, get new pay workers. The, then you can yeah. pay the workers or keep new work, get new workers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1927 Hilton opens the Waco Hilton. It's the first Hilton hotel with running cold running water and air conditioning and, in public and areas. Also, the people from that time are a lot harder than people from this time, and so they can handle a little heat. Well, they they have to be. Yeah. <laughs> you really have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Again, 1927 was the first hotel with cold running water and air conditioning public areas. Uh, is, is it the first time that Hilton expands to Waco, Texas, like two years later, though? And it opens up its first hotel uh, with cold running water and air conditioning in those public areas? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Okay. 1931, the Waldorf Astoria is relocated and built on Park Avenue and 5th Street. I did not know this was a Hilton hotel, but it makes sense. A lot of money there. The new building, a Art Deco masterpiece, would go on to become part of the Hilton portfolio. It's the largest hotel in the room. It contains telephones and radios in every room and is even wired for an advert. Advent of television. Advert. Sorry, an advent of television. So it was hooked advent up to have television. to have telephones, radios, and a television, which is wild. Yeah, for the time. <laughs> Hotels now became it's easy. first to popularize service. Expected, right? Almost in every in most in most, yeah. you know, uh, pay for the night staying situations. You're gonna get a phone, mm-hmm. a TV, and a bathroom. And this is the first to to popularize room service. So this is the first place to use room service. Nice. Dial zero now. Should not surprise people that the Hilton chain was really, really successful. Yeah. Uh, 1943, already operating hotels in California, Hilton became the first coast-to-coast hotel chain in the United States with the purchase of the Roosevelt and Plaza Hotel in New York. Didn't know they owned that one either, but makes sense. Uh, In 1946, Hilton Hotel Groups is formed and becomes the first hotel company post-World War War II to sell stock in New York. Hilton is listed on the New York Stock Exchange in 1947. Um, we can go to keep going through this timeline, but I mean, just the, the Hilton hotel is there's a reason why they are, they, what they are today. That's how it started. It started with 
Conrad and his dad just seemed to be hustlers. They did not Called care. Bustlers. To, they did not care for, oh, that's a bad break, buddy. Well, we all get bad breaks. Let's keep moving, keep trucking, yeah. and <laughs> keep moving that yeah, way. There's no give up. And it's just always looking for opportunities. It's mm-hmm. always pushing forward, looking for opportunities, right? He was going to go buy a bank that probably would have done dick, would have done diddly, right? Wow. I mean, maybe a yeah. little bit, but it wasn't going to do what he... D- I mean, this is a... I mean, it, it might have been just as successful. Who knows? I mean, maybe. It's kind of a Pandora's but box. But you also have... I mean, not Pandora's box. It's kind big, of a Schrodinger's cat. But you also have people that are, are titans of industry conquering banks on the East Coast at this time as well. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's kind of a Schrodinger's cat. He could have been... He Maybe he could have propelled into one of those. Maybe he would have failed. Maybe he would have landed somewhere in the middle. It's, it's yeah. a... You don't know. I, I think a big part of it was that you look at it, there, there wasn't a whole lot of hotels. So he no. bought, then the guy, the people that saw no future in hotels, but, but he but all saw stuff, the value in travel. But then he also saw what innovations needed to be done to those hotels to attract yeah. more customers. I'm just, as I'm saying about the same thing with banks is he might've had the same innovative, and, innovative yeah. ingenuity that would allow him to be a successful banker. Yeah. But it, I that's, think, what, that's what I'm saying. I think it's mostly timing. Like if he had stayed at his bank and I got frozen out, and then was able to build it from there. Without He'd the have been war, that, then maybe he could have been one of those big titans. Uh, but he wasn't ready for that at that time either. He could have been he a had to go to the, titan, yeah. He had to go to the service and find his way, travel, see the value in traveling, then come home and do that, right? So mm. I, I, if the timing was different, maybe he did hotels and switched to banks maybe. But by the time that he was ready to make those innovations and take those chances in business, yes. banks were already kind of taken off and... In this hotel opportunity, he wasn't going to be able to get a banking opportunity. He got this hotel opportunity for a great price. And I mean, again, it, Conrad Hilton, uh, we won't go into the politics of him. I don't want to deep dive really to find out if he was a great or bad person. <laughs> I know he was a great worker. He had foresight and he knew how to put together. A and hotel that's chain. what I'm saying. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. It could be dead. It could be alive. You don't know. You can be dead or alive. And then how alive is it? Is it alive and vibrant or is it kind of sickly? We don't know. But that is uh, that is Hilton Hotels. Do you guys know what Schrodinger's cat is? Justin, you know what Schrodinger's cat is, right? Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, everybody knows what Schrodinger's cat is. All right, class, <laughs> let's move on. No, if for the ones that don't know, it's uh, <laughs> See who you asking? <laughs> That's the joke, Justin. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. your head out of your ass. No. Schrodinger's cat. I know I didn't spell it nearly correctly, but it should be correct enough. Where okay. Okay, not loading. Okay, all right. Okay, 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 computer. Okay, computer. Computer, okay. Okay, computer. <laughs> um, nope, not connected. What's that about, Justin? 1777. Yep, let's just move on because <laughs> your, your internet, it says I'm connected, but it's not doing anything. Mm, it's working fine for me. Connected security. Yep, I don't know what's happening. I'm on. Let's go here. Nope. Nothing. What the flip? Nope. Kicked me out. I don't know if this juice is worth the squeeze. No internet secured. It was for like now. It's not. I think just now it's not. You're just wasting the whole class's time. Your your internet. Like the class is like there's people in the back that are sleeping clearly sleeping. Like buddy, we see you clearly sleeping in the back of the class. You see these other people over there that are probably texting or tweeting or on the, the socials, the social medias, not paying attention either. Yeah, so thank you for stalling, Justin. Um, 
It's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, well, a thought experiment. Hy- a hypothetical cat may be considered simultaneously both dead and alive as a result of fate being co-linked into a random subatomic event that may or may not have occurred. So basically, he puts a cat in a box, and he has two, um, he has two, like, hoses hooked up to it and onto an automatic device that will open up either one or the other and he doesn't know so when he opens up the box he the cat could either be alive or it can be dead and you have no idea that's what a short range cat is it's a whole test now your internet's working as soon as i found it on my phone are you still i'm gonna eat your ass later (laughs) i'd like that You know what, Justin? For that, I'm going to beat your dick. I'm going to beat your dick right off. Oh, my. I'll beat my own dick. Thank you. Okay? Yeah, after I get done beating it, you won't have anything left to beat. I'm going to eat your ass and then beat your dick. All right? Like a trombone of some sort. A dirty trombone? (laughs) One dirty trombone. Seventeen seventy seven. Seven seven Triple sevens. Yes. Wait, seventeen or nineteen seventy seven? Mine says seventeen seventy seven. Why are you going back? Oh, we're we're done with your timeline? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. You just dropped a bomb on me. Okay. There's not much more to talk about the Hilton franchise. People There's know more. what they are. There is more. I could, we could, okay, we could have talked about the different like types of Hiltons that they've opened. That's what I do but here. I didn't have the time to research and all of that. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I worked <laughs> on it for a couple hours a day every day this week. It was really nice. And then I plugged in like three and a half and cl- killed the rest of it yesterday. I was like, damn, I'm almost done. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it takes, it, takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time, guys, to do this. Um. Okay, so 1777, our dad was born February 3rd. This was during the time James Watt perfected the steam engine. <laughs> oh, man. Was that the time for that? Sorry, it just popped up. You're not going to even read it to him? <laughs> Here, I'll let you read. <laughs> okay, okay. So he sends me one. It's a screenshot of a of a text message in a tweet. You know, with a tweet caption. Okay, this Spanish shit kind shit kind of easy. And you got first message, hola. Second message, hola qué tal. And then the reply to that is shit like six four. <laughs> Sorry, I opened up my phone to see if the internet was working, and that popped up first. You can blame Carlos. That was Carlos' fault. Oh. <laughs> Carlos posted that. <laughs> 1777. They're, they're, they're not saying, like, what's up, but they're, like, they're asking what's going on. Like, hey, yeah. how, howdy. Like, hey, what's up? You know, that's basically what they said. Que tal, hey, que tal. Hola, que tal, hey. Hi, what's up? What's going on, you know? Like, what it do? And he's like, I don't know, shit, like six four. 
he knew K was what? You know, hello was high, and he tall looked like. So it kind of looked like what? What height? Like what tall? Like <laughs> shit, like six four. <laughs> All right. Um, so seventy seventy seven, like right around her dad's birth, you know. Um, uh, American independence was recognized. Uh, first, uh, James Watt perfected the steam engine. And I said the first telephone was was rung out. The first we talked about that in the phone episode, the very first episode um, of this podcast, the very very first episode, the very one, the very first of it, mm-hmm. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Can you stop looking at memes, Justin? Sorry, son of a bitch. I only do that a lot less than you do. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. It's whenever I'm trying not to be too interruptive. Like, I'm like, okay, I've been interrupting too much. I got to let Justin get through the sideline. I was trying to let you get through the beginning of it. I don't give a fuck this, about James Watt. I, but I'm making fun of dad here, and you've said nothing. But you said 777, the DR dad was born. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, no, they get it. 100% correct. correct. I, I get it. The abolishment of slavery <laughs> was just a step away. Railroads were beginning to open. Um, and during the second industrial revolution, William Bass opened a brewery and due to all these innovations he was able to transport and sell his brew far and wide bullshit innovation he was bootlegging you're a bootlegging son of a bitch oh, he's an bass. you're good uh by the end of the next century he had one of the largest breweries in the world um in burton on trent stadfire stad stadfordshire england I fucking hate how many words they have to put in stadfordshire yeah, but it's the burden on Trent. Burden on Trent, Staffordshire, England. Yeah, but Suck it's it, brand. No, it's easy. And no, I've read it. No, it's, no, it's easy. It's been like a week since I read this. <laughs> You're an asshole. Um, <laughs> Bass opened his brewery and began to sell Bass Pale Ale, pioneering marketing a, a brand by going international. His Bass registers Red Triangle, which is one of his brews, you know, under the UK's Trademarks Registration Act 1875. Fun fact, this is the first trademark in the UK. Bass & Co. took effect on the 1st of January in 1876. It is still valid. Today. Today. Yeah, he, they, Bass, Bass & Co., which will later become um, IGH. Uh, no. Yeah, IGH. So it all started for some brews. Still own some that shit. Yes. Legend has it that Bass employees queued overnight outside the register's office in, on New Year's Eve in order to be the first in line to register. That's how much his employees loved him. Yeah. That's a good boss. Yeah. But, I mean, usually successful businesses are followed by well, bosses who know what the fuck they're doing. He probably had a pretty fucking good beer for the time. And, and, and they were like, yeah, we're going to make money for this. Yeah. We're in, buddy. Yeah, we're in, in. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to take us to the top with you. And uh, as a result, or Bass received... Huh? Or they just let us drink beer. We're, yeah. we're bueno. But. Yeah. yeah. Give me a decent paycheck and let me drink beer while we're working. We're yeah. fucking... Yeah. We're rocking and yeah. we're rolling. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're paying how much? Don't worry about it. You're giving me free beer all day. Um, <laughs> so let, uh, uh, as, as a result, result, Bass received the first two uh, registr- res- registrations. Thank you. Bass Red Triangle for the Pale Ale and Bass Red Diamond for their Strong Ale. Let's take a break from Bass and Co. And move over to Marriott. James Willard Marriott, or J. Willard Marriott, or J.W. Marriott, mm-hmm, founded the company in 1927. The same time, his wife, Mrs. Alice Sheets Marriott, <laughs> opened a root beer stand <laughs> in D.C. Uh, is it does it sound for District of Columbia? Is that what Washington D.C. Yeah. sounds for? Okay. 
Um, it, it's not. Way. It's not Donkey Cox. I mean, it could be. Could have <laughs> been like originally been. It didn't Washington have like a big old dick? So he had a big old donkey cock. Yeah. So and they, then, they named the city. Yeah. And then when I people read that were somewhere. Like, people like asked about it. Like they had to be official about it. They're like, ah, uh, uh, district of looking around. Yeah. It's like an atlas on Columbia. See, 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 see. Columbia. District of Columbia. Fuck, yeah, pull your head out of your ass, that's, dude. That's of, what it obviously. is. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I read that somewhere in a in a site that I completely made up inside my head. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she did this as a Mormon missionary in the sweltering humid summers in D.C. She was certain that a cold drink would be appreciated by the city residents. Fuck yeah. Uh, this would lead to none other than the A&W root beer opening to the Marriott's with partner Hugh Colton. That's cool, like, how some of these intertwine. Like, we see it a lot, right? Like, uh, with Disney and Doritos, then you had, uh, what was the one a few episodes ago? That was, like, it was something penis in your mouth, yeah. completely different, like, offshoot from their partnership because they knew each other. Was it, like, was it Mattel and... Um, Oh, it was Mattel and somebody else. I can't remember, but there was, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been too long. After the success of the soda, and, and maybe more, more avid listeners are going to be like, it's this one. It's this episode, guys. Come <laughs> yeah. on. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> this is our toys episode. I know that. I know that. Um, after the success of the soda, they added hot food and turned it into a restaurant. Uh, the, and they named it uh, Hot Shop. I don't know why I left the shop out. It's it's Hot, H-O-T, Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. Um, year after they opened... Uh, the year after they, they opened the first one, they opened two more, one of which was the first in the East Coast drive-in style restaurant, like Think Sonic. Mm-hmm. Which was super popular at the time. Which was super popular at the time. So they, they were one of the first ones to do it. They weren't the first, but on top of that list. Uh, back to Bass, no treble. <laughs> the company has <laughs> goes public on the UK Stock Exchange. To this day, it is in UK's top 30 companies. Nice. Uh, that's a pretty good place to be. Uh, 1937, Hot Shop takes to the skies and begins delivering boxed lunches to passengers at the Hoover Airport in South D.C. South Dickcock. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, yeah. Dickcock. Dick. <laughs> I mean, I guess if a guy's name's Richard, it'd be mm-hmm. Dick's Cock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, 1946, Pan American Airways founder Juan Tripe funds the Tripe. intercontinental brand. It is Tripe. Lo siento. <laughs> Embarking on a vision. To provide luxury accommodations at the end of each flight. Three years later, the Intercontinental Hotel opens in Belém, Belém. Is it a Belém or Belém, Brazil? Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> Belém, Brazil. <laughs> this would be a 50-year countdown from the Intercontinental brand to join the IGH family. IG. Is it IGH? IH, IHG. Yes. I, I don't know why I see. I think it just rolls better out of my stupid uh. mouth because my stupid mouth is stupid. <laughs> Um, 1952 Holiday Inn opens in Memphis, Tennessee. At the motel, hotel. Holiday Inn, ho, 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 to, ho. Oh, freaking Jose, dude. <laughs> Gemma. Brothers, what you doing? Not chilling at the Holiday Inn. Who you with? Not me and just four of my friends. What are you going to do? I'm just sitting on each other and sip on some hair. One thing leading to another. Let the party begin. Brandon, call me up. Said it's a hotel party. Just bring the liquor. All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> one people trip. Uh, yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. One people trip by Keemans Wilson and his family uh, from, I think it was Dallas to DC. 
he had the idea to make a place where traveling families had a place they could trust and that could also make them comfortable at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Being a businessman already, he had to he had the know-how to make it happen. The next year, Hot Shops Incorporated stock becomes public themselves at $10.25 a share. In um in the first 2 hours of trading, their available stocks were gone. Nice. Yeah. So right out, they're hot out the gate. Yeah, they were they were they were, they were like shop, hot shops right out oh, the gate. Super hops. <laughs> the year after, <laughs> year after that, the ho- holiday would become the first hotel to brand to a franchise. Fran- franchise franchise in fifty six. Holiday Inn becomes the world's largest hotel brand. It was the first to hit the three hundred thousand room mark. Um, the next year, and they've gone way beyond that. We'll get into there. Um, the next year, Marriott made unexpected and monumental move to the hotel business. The first of those hotels opened in Arlington, Virginia. Jay Willard, Marriott's son, Bill, would manage it. Within two years, Bill and his wife, Donna's daughter, Debbie, so Debbie being the daughter of Bill and Donna, snips the ribbon to the Key Bridge Marriott. So she's the granddaughter of JW Marriott. She's a key, she's yeah. a granddaughter, yes. Uh, fun so, fact. Fun fact, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't pride the junior, that's my bad. Uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. actually puts the finishing touches to I Have a Dream in a Intercontinental, the Willard Hotel Suite, the night before giving the speech. Uh, just a few years after the famous speech, 1965, Holiday Inn launches Holodex. This is the first in that'll come out of that computerized hotel reservation system and the world will never look back. Yeah, thankfully. All the while and for years afters. Again, thankfully. Afterwards. I just want to yeah. say afters. Could you, just could you imagine what it used to be like where you have to drive into a city or maybe call ahead, hopefully, or just pull into a city and hope that there's a spot, a room available? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't read all this right. So all the whiles and years afterwards, the Bass Company have been absorbing other breweries. I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just stupid mouth is stupid. <laughs> 1972, Holiday Inn begins to tip the scales in taking over the hotel world, and they also have added the road signs indicating the locations of their hotels all over the world. This would be considered to this would be considered to be one of the most successful advertising campaigns. You also skipped though. At this point, they were opening a new hotel every three days, which is insane. Yeah, I didn't skip. I just was going to add it back in later. Um, that's crazy though. that I didn't. <laughs> the first year, yeah, every three days though, a new hotel. Yeah, that's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, so they're doing that. They were just just putting up road signs there, and then you're just super successful. So they're the ones that started that. So they went ham on like this. We're going to invest everything. We're, we're going balls ham. in. We're yeah. going balls in. Um, so so you know those hotel signs. You can see them up. Like as you're driving to the highway and all that stuff, they started it right here, 1972. All right. The same year, Marriott partners with Sunline, becoming the first lodging uh, company to enter the cruise line business. Also, J.W. Marriott Jr. is named chief executive officer. Hey, fuck it. Fuck off, Bill. Yeah. Well, Bill is the first manager of one of the first buildings. Yeah, fuck off, Bill. You're Anyways. chief ex- You're not CEO. Yeah. Well, his dad's still... <laughs> That's still the big, big cheese. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. 1977. Sorry, Bill. Holiday Inn, Holodex changes this game again and becomes the first hotel revolution system to link directly. I said re- resolution, didn't I? You said. Re- I said a different word. <laughs> no, you said. Hotel. Revolution. Re- reservations. Like <laughs> uh, Matrix Revolution. 
Uh, reservation <laughs> <Bay> Revelations. <laughs> uh, reservation system. <laughs> to link directly with airlines and le- travel agent systems. Traveling up to this point had never been easier. Four years later, Kempton Hotels, Kim, sorry, Kimpton Hotels and restaurants open. Actually, I, I thought I cut that out. I, I cut out Kimpton because there's like nothing really good information. It gives me an idea. We should just continue our, our travel theme to finish it off in a loop with airlines. Okay, so the the third week. So we're gonna do this one. Be the we got, first week. We got our ho- we got our ho- 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 Halloween time one, mm-hmm. and then we'll do airlines. Mm-hmm. Okay, start off November. November. Okay, so we're gonna skip over the the Kimpton hotels because there's really nothing, and I already cut out all the information yeah, that Bill, I put in there. And I put Kimpton's a lot. A son of a I was bitch. a little upset whenever I got to like towards the end of the information I had. I was like, "This is bullshit," and I fucking just went, "I'm cutting all this shit out." See, I did that, but at the beginning of Radisson, I was like, I'm "Oh, not nice." Going through this. Nice, 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 nice. Um. 1983, Marriott debuts, lodging for business travelers with the first Courtyard Hotel. By the next year, the first JW Marriott, named in honor of the founder, James Willer, or J. Willer Marriott, opens in downtown D.C. Holiday Inn also gives business travelers Crown Plaza. Um, I didn't, I didn't, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, good, okay. Uh, the first Crown Plaza in Rockville, Maryland, brought a new style of service and facilities for guests traveling on business. Industry's first loyal program arrives. Priority club programs. The industry's first loyalty programs is launched by Holiday Inn, rewarding guests every time they stay. Sorry. It was an instant regret to let you eat before we started recording. Uh-huh. Dude, his burps are... Poor Alexis. <laughs> she can't smell well. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Uh... <laughs> The year after, uh, luckily I'm not gassy the other way. Just be, just be glad. It smells like you are. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Anyways, uh, uh, the year man. after Jay Willard Marriott Senior passes away. So in 1884, uh, J.W. Marriott Junior takes his uh, as takes his place as chairman of the board. So he's the big, he's the big, he is the big cheese now. Uh, also, Holiday Inn Ch- in China is China's first international hotel brand. The Holiday Inn Libo- Lido opens in Beijing, bringing international brand hotel to greater China for the first time. Marriott hits another long mark in their growth in 1987. They opened the first Fairfield Inn and Marriott Suites Hotels. Marriott also acquires Residence Inn and pioneers the extended stay lodging businesses. With 1988 comes Hotel Holiday Inn in Hotel Inn Holiday Inn in China, creating the fir- nation's first brand. Oh, I just reread that because I somehow backed myself up. Okay, um, so at the same time, Marriott opens up 500 hotels in Warsaw, Poland. The 500th hotel, sorry, not 500 of them. The 500th. Hotel in Warsaw, Poland, the first Western managed hotel in Eastern Europe. The next year, Bass Crack cranks up its focus on hotels. New British legislation limits the number of tied pubs major brewers can own, um, heralding a new direction for Bass as it reduces its pub estate and increases investments in hotels. So they can't. So okay. So British legislation basically doesn't want you to have a monopoly over all the pubs. That's because so he was buying up pubs. That's what they were doing for a long yeah. time. They're just buying up pubs. And so the British legislature saw this disparity he's between... He's a bad bass, dude. He's a bad bass, dude. Bad bass. I mean, it's not a better way to say it. It really isn't. 
He's a bad bass. As you can see. He's a badass bass. Badass. Um, yeah. As you can see, we skipped over the worst year ever because nothing important happened. So naturally, we're going to be moving on to the best year sucks. ever, 1994. Bass expands in hospitality with new pubs and restaurants, uh, reflecting a fast-growing appetite for casual dining. Bass buys the Harvester and Erroneous. Brown. Erroneous on both counts. Erroneous. And Brown's restaurant chains. 1991 was great. First Oat <laughs> 94 <laughs> sucks. Yeah, that's why they neither hotel had anything going on. And I would have added if they did, they had zero going on because it's a shit year. And they had a That's bunch because they going were making in that money in 1991. 1994. 1994, they're like, this year sucks. We're going to have to try to do something. 1994, they're building and prospering. Because they were like, 1994 sucks so much. No, the 1994, they realized, we got to do something. This, this year sucks. This year showed so up. Badly. And I realized, like, we can the be better. Fucking worst. They're like, we're like, doing good. But like, we can be better. God, That's what they said. Think of better days, 1991. I mean, it was we can get back. Jay Willard again. said, we can get Jay back Willard, there again. Jay Willard, 1991 was so good. 1992 was good. 1993 was good. This year's so bad. I wish I could live to see 1994 because if I could, then I would know that we have made. A successful business. And then yours did get better after 1994. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. That's what, that's what he said. That's what he said. Bass expanded hospitality with new pubs and restaurants. Like the smash um, casual dining. Bass buys the Harvest Brown yep, Road. Just, change. Just, you just need to the world's first hotel booking over the internet. Go ahead. Bass buys the Harvester <laughs> and Brown restaurant chains. And opens as the first O'Neill's and all bar one pubs. That's what I said. Holiday Inn now takes the world's first hotel booking over the internet. Thank you for being what I just said. Yeah, because you said it. So I was making sure people understood what was being said. A year later, Marriott brings a historic brand into its portfolio when it acquires a 49% interest in Ritz Carlton Hotels Company. In the next ye- two years, Bass sells its leased pubs, the ones that they built in 91 because they're shit, and smaller businesses. <laughs> Bass, okay, the 91 part was... The, yeah, being, 91 great. being shit terrible. is true, no, but they have anything to do yeah, with best, any of these businesses best isn't because, because they, they hate, they hate 91. <laughs> um, Bass renews its focus on hotels and pubs after the British government blocks <laughs> its attempt to acquire half of the Carlsberg Titley... Brewing business. <laughs> Do I have to pause after Tidley? Of course. Even though it's spelled Tedley? Yeah, I had to say Tidley. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, the business splits into separate brewing and retailing divisions and sells off its leasing pubs and other businesses, including Gala Bingo and Coral Bookmarkers. Bass launches Staybridge Suites. Bass launches Staybridge Suites by Holiday Inn across New North America, looking after travelers spending long periods away from home. At the same time, Bass sells its North American mid-scale hotel buildings, but retains control of their branding through Innovations franchise agreements. In that year, Marriott gains Renaissance Hotel Group, doubling Marriott's previous overseas presence overseas. That's what I said. They also <laughs> launched Town Place Suites. A year later, they launched Spring Hill Suites by Marriott. Bass adds Intercontinental to its growing hotel portfolio. Also in 1998, Bass buys Intercontinental Hotels and Resorts brand and takes Juan Tripes vision worldwide. The last year of Molina Marriott would go on to acquire Millennia. 
that's what I, last year of the millennia that's word I came up with and put in that place, but it was capitalized next to Marriott and my dumb brain <laughs> with his dumbness decided it said Molina. He's just for 94, but keep going. Sorry. It's because I'm better it's than you. Uh, you're poopy head. Uh, acquire. So in, in the last year of the millennia, so 1999 Marriott would go on to acquire Executive corporate housing company, Corporate corporate housing company. The first year, the co-founder Alice Sheets Marriott passes at the age of ninety-two. She was kind of a badass. She was. She's kind of a badass. Yeah, she was. This is a good woman. Uh, the start of the the millennia. <laughs> we good. We good. I spelled it wrong. Yeah, right underneath where I spelled it right. <laughs> good. Start of the ma- ma- male enia is also when Bass swaps beers for hotel. Bass acquires Southern Pacific Hotel Corporation in Australia and U.S.-based hotel management company Bristol Hotel and Resorts Incorporated. Meanwhile, Bass Brews operates, and the name Bass are bought by Interbrew, now AB in abbreviation. Um, The deal reshaped the U.K.'s brewing industry and paved the way for a conglomerate to refocus its sites on hotels and global hospitality. Like I got conglomerates correctly without even trying. Yeah, but you you missed. We're going to move past it. We're going to move past it. Interview? No. 2001. <laughs> what did I miss? Mm. I said brewing operations. The name Bass brought. You said Southern Pacifico because you're still thinking about beer. Mm, the Southern Pacific Hotel Corporation. Yeah. It's in Australia. That's what Bass acquires, guys. At the at two thousand, <laughs> start of the millennia, two thousand one. Bass gets a new name, Six Continents PLC, emphasizing the company licensing company, global spread. Yeah, PLC stands for public license company. No, sounds for pussy looking cat. This is it cleans itself. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it cleans it's its paws. Anyways, uh, the name was chosen after more than ten thousand staff submitted suggestions. And was already in use at this at uh, use as the name of the Bass's Intercontinental Hotel Hotels Loyalty Scheme. Six Continentals sell almost one thousand pubs. Six continents. Yep, that's what I said. Six Continentals uh, sells almost a thousand pubs and buys the European post house chains of hotels. Most of the post house chains of hotels are converted into holiday Inn branded properties, massively boosting the branches reach. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Two years later, I G H is born six continents. I, I see. I G H. I can't help it. God, it's bad. Anyways, um, six continents. PLC splits into two creating a separate hotels and soft drinks company named Intercontinental Hotels Group, PLC. IHG. And that's what I've been saying from the beginning, Inter- Intercontinental Hotels Group, PLC. I didn't say the PLC part, sorry. Yep. sorry guys. And retail business Pussy looking called- cats. You know, they're important. <clears throat> yeah. And a retail business called Michaels and Butler's. Mitchell's. Pussy looking cats. Or Plicks. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Ow, I have my ankle on the table. That hurt. Um... Anyways, anyways, um, he splits the uh, he he split completes and the split completes in in April two thousand three and IGH becomes a standalone company. The year after, IGA, IHG launches boutique brand 
Hotel Indigo, the first of many hotels Indigo property designed to reflect their surroundings so that no two are ever alike. IHG's Hotel Indigo brand starts life in an eclectic art and entertainment district of Midtown Atlantic, Atlanta, U.S. I get eclectic right, but I, I eclectic. It's eclectic or eclectic. Eclectic. I know it's pronounced both ways. Eclectic. But it's pronounced both ways. That's why I, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this, but I'm making hand gestures, suggestions, and facial expressions. <laughs> uh, Marriott, this, that same year, opens the first uh, Bulgari Hotel and Resorts property in Milan, Italy. 2005, IHG becomes a dedicated hospitality business. We're getting you saying IHG sells its holding in Brit Vic PLC. The soft drinks business and focuses on its leadership in worldwide hospitality. So they're they're selling holding they're in three giving areas. Away their holdings on everything else outside of hotels and restaurants. Yes, so they're trying to get specifically to do with hospitality. One year later, IHG Academy launches Building Skills in True Hospitality, a pioneering collaboration between hotels, schools, and communities across the globe begins, helping local people develop hospitality skills. Initially launched in China, IHG Academies are now all over the world, helping thousands. By 08, 2008, Holiday Inn Club Vacations arrives Created in an alliance with Orange Lake Resorts and Holiday Inn founder Commons Wilson. Holiday Inn Club va- Vacation completes the Hotel Inn brand family. Staybridge Suite goes global. Following the success of Staybridge Suites in North America, IHG opens groundbreaking properties in Liverpool, your, uh, the United Kingdom, and Cairo, Egypt. Bill Marriott and Ian Schrager Schrager. officially announces the Edition brand in 08 as well, which essentially is is a -a one-of-a-kind resorts all over the world, kind of like the Marriott Indigo. It's like the same thing. They have one-of-a-kind resorts all over the world that aren't necessarily the most pricey. Like, they're they're, they're pricey, but it's more getting pricier to getting to those places than the actual stay. The stay is, like, more reasonably priced, right? But they're very, very nice. I was looking up pictures of them, and they're, like, all over, and they're really cool. Um, the next year, Marriott launches an autograph collection, a new brand of upscale and luxury independent hotels. Now these are like, they're really high end hotels, luxury hotels. Um, also in 2009, IHG starts to build sustainable hotels with IHG green engage. Um, IHG's Green Engage system launches, helping hotels globally to measure, monitor, manage, and report on energy, carbon, water, and waste. The following year, IHG is the first to offer a booking app across all platforms, connecting guests with hotels all over the world, wherever they are. By 2011, IHG Shelter in the Storm programs launches, equipping hotels to respond quickly and effectively in times of disaster. IHG Shelter in a Storm provides vital assistance and shelter to employees and communities. AC Hotels by Marriott, branded family, uh, formally launches, which seems to be more of an upscale but not luxurious hotel, more in a relaxing area, like the way it's built, it's more like a little relaxing feng shui, kind of like hippy-dippy kind of crap. If um, it's relaxing, I'm, good. I'm with it. I don't need it to look nice as long as it's... 
clean. No, it just still looks nice. Relaxing. It still looks nice and clean and everything. Yeah. It just it just more it seems like more of it's like a relaxing area instead of a uh, like you're just putting your stuff here to go do stuff. It's more like you come here to relax a little bit, mm. not necessarily spas and stuff, but, um, okay. It's, it's a nicer place. Um, in the next year, Aaron Sornis becomes Sorensen, Arn Sornison. Yep. Ar- Arn Arn Sorensen. Ars Sor and Arn his son. Sorensen. Arms are broken, son. Um, becomes president <laughs> of the CEO of Marriott International and Marriott acquires Gaylord Hotel brand. <laughs> really, dude? A well-known brand. <laughs> Adding five hotels and approximately two million square feet of meeting and event space. On IHG side that same year, they launched Even Hotel brand in the U.S. Even Hotels is built on growing demand of hotels brand that helps wellness mindset. Our wellness-minded travelers maintain their balance on the road. IHG also unveils Hollywex hotels and resorts in China. Just want to make sure I read that right. Uh, uh, it's yeah, such a weird sure. word. I was reading yeah. it yesterday too, but How, I kind of like, I just typed it up. Yeah, um, I don't know. With Hollywex translating from Hu, which means majestic China, and Luex meaning Hulux. Hulux. Yeah, uh, re- uh, representing luxury. IHG introduces the first international hotel brand designed specifically for Chinese guests. That's awesome. And IHG, home to the 2012 Olympics, welcomes athletes and spectators from all over the world. Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express serve as an official hotel service providers to London 2012 Olympics and Paralympics. The following year, IHG rewards clubs. Uh, club brings new benefits to guests. Priority Club uh, Rewards, now the industry largest and oldest loyalty program, is launched as IHG's Reward Club, Bigger and Better. It includes free internet across or access across all hotels globally, which is an industry first. It's not on industry first? No. Okay. I mean, it is on industry. It has to be on the industry first to be in industry first. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you might ask. <laughs> also in 2013 Marriott debuts Moxie Hotels. The new brand is the company's first entry into the company uh, economy tier 3 star hospitality segment in Europe. Design focused AC hotels by Marriott brand is imported into the Americas. The next year Marriott nearly doubles distribution in Africa to more than 23,000 rooms with its acquisition of Prote Pro, Hotels brand. By 2015, Marriott International acquires Delta Hotels and Resorts, becoming the f- largest full-service hotelier. It, hoteler, it's hotelier. Hoteler in Canada. I think it's hotelier. Yeah, I think you were right the first time. Hotelier. Mm. hotelier. Mm, it is a word, so yeah. Um, at least it's not giving me the red lines. In 2015, also IHG buys. Kimpton's Hotels and Restaurants, now a famous brand in the U.S. with a cult following. IHG buys the Kimpton brand with the aiming of sharing it with the world. Announcing Announced in 2014, the deal completes in January 2015. I think that's why I left that little bit of Kimpton's before. Yeah. I just forgot about this next part. Anyways, announced in 2014. Okay, IHG opens its 5,000th hotel. Uh, uh, cementing his position as the world's leader in hospitality. IHG receives a milestone with the opening of its 5,000th hotel and the Hotel Indigo Lower East Side in New York City. 
in the next year, IHG Foundation launches to make the world a more hospitable place. Hospitable. Hospitable. I Sorry, my whole mouth skipped over a syllable. Justin, sorry. IHG creates IHG mm-hmm. Foundation. Yep. Yeah, it does. Independent Charity Incorporated. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it does. An independent yep. Yeah, yep. Charity yep. Incorporated. Yep. Uh-huh. IHG Shelter in, in the uh-huh. Storm. In the Storm. The IHG Foundation yep. increases its agenda to include local community investment and environmental sustainability. Yep. At the same time, in 2016, Marriott International acquires Starwood Hotel and Resorts, creating the world's largest hotel company with 5,700 plus properties. Offering more than 1.1 million rooms across 30 brands in over 110 centuries. Countries. 110 countries. I said countries. <laughs> <laughs> in 2017, IHG extends mainstream leadership with the launch of Avid Hotels, redefining everyday travel for millions of Americans. Avid Hotels introduces a fresh, new, high-quality, mid-scale hotel brand to IHG's portfolio. Uh, roll out starts of next generation guest book system booking system IHG Concierto 50 Concierto. years on from introducing Holodex so this is like this is what Holodex was starting version. yes yeah. it was this what this is what Holodex started with a IHG Concierto is is what Holiday X was always meant to be Concierto 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 we don't know it's Italian eh I mean, that's how that spelling usually is pronounced. Concierto. Concierto. I mean, it's Spanish. Yeah, it could sound concierto. Concierto. Anyways. <laughs> you need my butthole. AHG begins rollout of its... You can give me the trust trombone. The IHG begins rollout of its cloud-based hotel platform, IHG Concierto, concierto. which includes its next-generation guest reservation system, a game-changer for the industry. A year later, Regant Hotels, Regent, and uh, <laughs> Re- Resorts, Regent Hotels and Resorts joins IHD family. <laughs> IHD buys a fifty-one percent take stake in the Regante uh, Hotels and Resorts brand, securing a strong presence on the top of the en- top end of the luxury segment. IHG takes leading positions in the UK. Luxury market. IHG agrees to a deal rebranding and operate 13 outstanding UK hotels. Uh, Bringing Kempton into the market for the first time and making IHG the UK leading luxury hotelier. IHG launches new upscale brand, Voco. Voco. Combining the formality and charm of the individual hotel with the quality and a reassurance of global and trusted brand. IHG strengthens its offer in the fast-growing upscale segment with the launch of Voco Hotels. IHG launches the hospitality for good. IHG's program for communities and charitable giving works with partners to help change lives for the better through building skills and education in hospitality and supporting communities with disaster strike. Where when disaster strikes. Giving for good month, uh, giving for good month, which is part of the true hospitality for good, provides thousands of IGH colleagues worldwide with a chance to give back to others. In 2019, IHG acquires top tier luxury brand Six Senses Hotels Resorts Spas. IHG significantly strengthens its luxury offers with the acquisitions of Six Senses Hotels Resorts and Spas, one of the world's leading operators of luxury hotels. The three. 
hundred million dollar cash acquisition included six senses spa operations which is the core of the brand award-winning luxury and wellness reputation she launches at well suites in the u.s market a new upper mid-scale all suites hotel brand is brought to market in a underserved 18 billion dollar industry segment with a focus on diversing delivering sorry Stylish suites and a stay with that can flex for guests wishing to work, socialize, and explore. IHG signals the end of an era for many bathroom toiletries. IHG is the first global uh, hotel company to announce its switch from bathroom miniatures to large size amenities in a bid to reduce single-use plastic waste. The commitment will roll out across IHG's entire state. Removing an estimate 200 million tiny bottles of shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and lotion per year. Stopping off in 2021 with Marriott when Anthony Cupiano Capuano Capuano becomes the chief executive officer and Stephanie Lennartz becomes president of Marriott International. Okay, so how many, what's our, what's our hotel amount? What's our account on our, on our Marriott and our, our IGH? Let's go with um, our IHG. I wrote it backwards right there. See? <laughs> Told you. Anyways, uh, Marriott has 582 hotels and resorts. A sum total of, and uh, there is a sum total of 205,053 rooms. There are 160 hotels totaling in an additional 57,765 rooms getting ready to be built or already built. Because this, uh, those statistics were as of June 30th, 2020. IHG, Intercontinental Hotel Group, PLC, uh, has 600, or 600, 6,000 hotels at a sum total of 890,000 guest rooms uh, in over 100 countries. Um, and as much as 1,900 hotels in the works. That's crazy. Because... I'm looking here, Radisson Hotel Groups with more than 1,500, which is substantial, but not anywhere near. Um, let's see what Hilton is. Hilton, 584. So they're closer yeah. to Marriott. Yeah. So I, IHG is um, crazy amount. Yes. But so let's, uh, yeah, they, they're just, they bought up a lot of places. They've, uh, yeah. Let's dive out of this, Brandon. Yeah, let's go ahead and get out of this into the outro. That'll do it, Brandon. Yeah. We got through this episode. Yeah, the longer one, huh? Uh, Yeah. It was a little more challenging, though. We had to take a few breaks in the middle of it. uh, Some of you guys won't notice. Some of them you will. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we took quite a few breaks, but uh, we're, we're, we got through it. We got through the timeline. At least you know how the largest um, uh, hotel brand. Hotelier. Hotelier um, got to be, and then some of the, the big but smaller ones. So we got through some chains, and next week, what are we doing, Justin? We're going to do haunted hotels. Tell stories we're going to do hotels. haunted hotels. It's going to be like a bonus, special bonus episode for you guys. And yeah, it's going to be kind of like fun. last year with the haunted houses, but we're doing hotels. Yeah, it's so, gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm actually gonna be rested between here and there, and uh, have my research side of the things done. Yeah, I'm just gonna and, do it like I did this last one. I'm just gonna tackle it a couple, an hour or two a day yeah. until the end, the until the last day, and I'm gonna just stay behind the computer till it's done. Yeah, and hopefully when we're recording, we won't have as many breaks in between. Just 
record on through mm-hmm. and uh but this episode was fun there's a lot of good information yep and, and everyone knows what the hotels are so yeah uh, yeah i think it was and good we learned a little bit about a little bit you know yeah. and uh, that's all we were trying to bit. do and we joked around a lot and had a good time and um it's been a weird one it's been a weird recording session mm. it's been like all day yeah it's taken longer but it's been it's been a i weird... came in later and yeah, yeah we usually do early in the morning and yeah but it's good yeah. it's a good episode yeah. If you guys want to find more of us, go to justareyes.com or you can go to our Instagram at HowDidWePod or TikTok at HowDidWePod. You can also follow me, me on Instagram at justareyes. You can also go to BrandonRoad94 anywhere. anywhere and find Brandon. Uh, if you go to justareyes.com, you will find this podcast as well as PodHacks, my baseball podcast, and our YouTube channel for this show, mm-hmm. which again is being rebranded and worked on as we're moving along. Yep. Uh, we're hoping by... January, February for that one to be really full steam ahead. Uh, we're also going to be hopefully having merch around that same time. Yeah. Uh, Brand is new show coming out soon, soon, real, real, yeah, soon. real, real so. soon. Probably uh, within a month. Within a month, I'll have my, you'll have my, your first episode, and I'll possibly live streaming. I will let you guys know um, before I live stream at least on the Instagram page. So go ahead and go follow that, and go find my page, uh, my personal page, Brandon Bro ninety four. Go follow that, and I'll be posting most of my stuff there, and I'll just be sharing it to the story from our uh, How Did We Pod from my personal uh, for my show. So uh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead and do that. Same thing with Twitter and uh, my TikTok. I have a couple videos up. I think they're pretty good. And uh, um, that's you know, that's it for us. Yeah. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna be back again. Contents aplenty. Um, it was nice talking to you guys, and remember, Brandon's a plunger. There you go. I don't know why I cut out. Yeah, it was set up so nice because you weren't ready for it. You weren't ready for it. It, wa- it wanted to say just as a plunger, but it did. It can't. Brandon's a plunger. So it was like, oh, okay, Brandon is a plunger, so we'll just say it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Talk to you real soon. All right, bye.